Hello, listeners. What you're about to hear is part two of what was first released as a bonus episode in season one of Christ in All Things. We've remastered it into two parts that we think fit nicely into season two's conversations with Christian entrepreneurs and business owners. Enjoy this, the second part of the conversation with Colin Murdy at the Murdy Creative Company. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, Digital media operates from a distance, and that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I have a method when I write that I specifically, like if I mess up a word or I start doing it, what I'll do is I will kind of like, I'll scribble it out in a specific format, right? And it's solid and it's black or it's blue in, my ink, in the ink, right? And I have, I have given myself that that is beautiful enough to, co- that's like, that's, it's, it's permanent, it's not going to go anywhere, it's ruined and that it's not perfect, but it's also not ugly, right? So I've, some people do one line through, right? That's their version of that, right? But you need to have some version of that. You need to be able to say, I have a method of removing a mistake or adjusting a mistake that I am comfortable with because you can't hold yourself to a, I'm going to write perfectly every time perspective because you'll never start, right? And I think that's the biggest problem with any skill whatsoever, especially now in the modern world, is we have such incredible access to people who are excellent at things, that it's very challenging for us to be willing to be bad at something. We have, you can see the world's greatest artists with three clicks of a button. You can see the world's greatest snowboarder, the greatest skier. You can see the greatest rock climber in an instant. That's new, right? <laughs> it doesn't. You don't even have to go back that far before that wasn't a thing, right? And so because we have access to these people who are shockingly good at things, just impossibly good at things, we have this idea, well, it's like, I can't start. I'll be terrible at it, right? And I think that's going to paralyze all of us forever. This, this is reminding me. Did you ever, did Pastor Shock? Did you ever see the? It's one of most one of the most watched TED talks ever by the late Sir Ken Robinson. It was 06. Did you ever see this? I don't think so. Oh my goodness! What was it about? Uh, he wrote a book that on the subject that became that he wrote called The Element. Um, and in the TED talk, he talks about this, but it also gets exp- You'll dig this. Um. He said something like, at, and this is an 06, early TED Talk. If you're not willing to be wrong, you'll never achieve anything. Uh. Yeah. And it's hard to, and it's actually really hard. As a small business owner, it's really hard. This is the thing that was on my head when I, when you said you guys were going to do the podcast and we were talking about this and I was talking about, I was thinking about Christ and all things. I talked about this a lot last night with Leah because I was thinking like, what are we going to talk about <laughs> now? The funny thing is that I am 
wrong an awful lot in my role. And it's really hard in a, as a small business owner because I got a lot of people counting on me to get it right. I got a lot of people who expect me to get it right. And actually, I think a lot of times they take for granted that I'm going to get it right because it's very hard to go to work if you don't think your boss knows what they're doing, right? It's actually like, that's kind of like the very definition of not enjoying your work is when you go work for people who you know are not good at their job. So it's really hard being in a position, and this is where it goes back to, I, I texted you about this, Pastor Shockman, oh, what, a couple of months back yeah. where I said, how do we know? We talk about how we look at, you know, we, we pick on Jonah and we pick on all, you know, Gideon's my favorite of all the people to pick on, right? Because we look at them and they're like these great people and it's these heroes of the Bible. And, and don't worry, the Bible makes it very clear that they're very bad at their listening <laughs> skills. Like, it's like when God says, go to Nineveh, right? That's as clear as it gets. I wish I could have some of that clarity, right? I wish that was like, I wish it was like turn, you know, I, I was... Yeah. I was joking with Lee. I'm like, it's like, it's not like you go to like Romans six and it says on the seventh day, God said, increase your ad spend on Facebook. Like it's not that clear. Right. So knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing tactically in the moment, in the day, what you're supposed to do, because it's not, you know, we, we always talk about, it's like, well, we want to do God's will. Right. And I'm, I'm using the affective voice for that for a reason. We want to do God's will. Right. Well, that's okay. But if I've got two options and neither of them are sinful, Right. If I've got two options and both of them are equally likely to work and both of them are equally risky and both of them are like if I'm looking at two options and by the way, they're never like that, but they're close. Right. A lot of my decisions are they're a lot foggier than that. I wish it was that clear. Yeah. How do I know which one to pick? Right. How do I know which way to go? And we it's like, you know, there is this. It was, you know, it's like, you should pray, pray about it. Right. And God, sure. God will talk to you sure, yeah. and God doesn't talk to you. Right. You'll pray about it and you just get silence. And my frustration a lot of times with this Christ and all things is I'll pray about it. And then sometimes I'll have kind of like a voice in my head saying, well, this is, you know, it's like, do this. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that could easily be the devil, right? Like yeah. it not have to be God, right? It's not like he's got to show credentials or anything. He's not like going to show me his badge. Like, I don't know that this is God's will. Right. Yeah. And it could just be me. It could be my own selfish desire saying, do it this way. Right. It's like how to know what to do next is really, really hard. So, uh, and I, we had talked about this before too. Um, so as I'll just take that and bring it into my world as pastor, right? When I have a call to serve one congregation and then I'm extended a call by another congregation to come and serve them as pastor, I now have before me two calls, neither of which are sinful, both of which are, in fact, quite God-pleasing. How do you know which one is right and which one is not? And ultimately, ultimately it comes down to whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Right? So when, when we are uh, about serving our neighbor, when we are about trusting that the Lord is providing for us, trusting that his word is true and that his promises are true and he intends to deliver to us uh, good, albeit his good, maybe not ours, right? When we, uh, when, when we place him first and then do what is in front of us as you're, as you know, in your, in your reference, if, if both are just as good and neither one is like objectively, obviously sinful, then whichever one you choose is the one that God would have you walk in. Well, that's, 
That's good. I'm, I mean, it's all is vanity, right? I'm not to date this particular podcast or well, anything, but I was there last Sunday. All is vanity, right? Yeah, and I, and this is where I'm struggling he, a little bit. The, the reading was from Ecclesiastes he, yes, 1 and 2. Yeah. In that Ecclesiastes, and the, 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 well, and then the one with the barns. I'm like, I'm sitting there going to myself. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like what I'm worried about, right? Because I'm here trying to make a big crop, right? I'm trying to put it in my barn so I can do something else, right? So I can do bigger things. So there's more to do. Well, is that... But you're not trying to store it up for yourself. Well, and that's the issue is, 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 and this goes back to, you know, you, you were allowed to enjoy God's blessings. Well, okay, but where's the line there, right? Like, it's like, am I, am I allowed to enjoy God? At what point does enjoying God's blessings becoming living for myself? You know, it's like, this is, by the way, I don't expect a good answer. I don't expect any answer because there's not really necessarily, uh, 75% of what you're doing is right. Like, it's not like there's a specific technical number of yeah. enjoying, you know, this much of your blessings is, is good, and then, you know, you, sh- you should be done with that, right? And that's really, really hard. Such an interesting conversation. I would just, you know, Colin, for you and, and for your team, that, I mean, I am, I'm struck by it. You know, I just, I was simply on a journey. I was trying to figure out, I was looking for a hybrid solution. I knew I needed to write again. I knew in, in you handwrite again. And so I was looking for this hybrid solution and somehow it, maybe it makes me in a feet snob or st- I don't know, but you know, I, I walked in, I walked in office depot and I looked at, you know, the Moleskine journal and it didn't, it just didn't look good. I mean, and the paper looked nice and uh, you know, and it was, you know, it was 20 bucks. Uh, so it's a, heck of a lot it's a hell of a lot of money for a bunch of paper yeah you know and and then somewhere along the line i said hey uh no well then (laughs) so then you know but so i mean it's like you know this stupid algorithms pick it up and then the next thing i know they're listening to you because the the next the next thing i know i am seeing advertisements for this beautiful very simple just kind of leather wrapping around and i and that looks amazing and i had i had no i i i really didn't and i'm I wanted to talk to you about this because it really has been an, you and your having this stuff has been an, an immense actually service to me. I mean, you you talk about, I, I, and I'm not, I'm almost teary, but I'm not trying to blow smoke at you because you remember my congregation and all because is, you weren't at the time, and you're welcome. You're welcome no. to blow smoke at me. Yeah, like, it I, was. I, I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> no, either. well, for I mean, what I just I, I it seems because it's an it's it's on the one hand it's an absurd thing to spend, you know, a hundred bucks on a leather cover for a twenty dollar journal. It's like that is what the you know absolutely on the other on the other hand, there's there was something about it, right? I, I'd spent money on this, right? And it felt like the little one that I carry the, my little number two that I carry kind of just, if I need a note that I carry my back pocket, that thing has a sheen on it now. Oh my gosh. It is. I, that's right. It's a patina. I, the the back pocket patina. It's beautiful. I actually have one of myself. It's like you put your wallet in your back pocket. It's going to have a beautiful back pocket patina. Yeah. I just, you know, and there's, I, I just, I love, holding it i like you know and i and i the nice paper and then i went out and got myself a nice pen you know i buy you know and i didn't want to just go get a pen and now i went looking for is there somebody that makes like a boutique operation so i found this place in texas called yep. tactile turn and i they make good stuff i bought a tactile you know and it's a bolt action yeah pen. they're really neat yeah, it's, they're a cool, it's right? ridiculous you cool. know i still haven't totally <laughs> figured out the but I, you know, there's something about it. It makes me want to use it. And so it, rather than, 
And so what, what's happened, just in terms of sheer productivity, I spent arguably stupid money on an expensive folio, but I write more. I'm capturing more of my thoughts. I know it's right there, and there's something different there is. about writing it down than pulling out my phone and making the note, which is nice, and it's handy, and it's searchable. But there's, it's, I'm finding myself actually more productive by pulling that thing out of my back pocket, that tiny little, you know, tiny little moleskin wrapped in some beautiful leather. I'm more productive. And so you guys have done, I mean, and I spent stupid, you know, it seems like I would spend, honestly, if knowing what I know now, I mean, my wife would probably puke. <laughs> but knowing what I know now about what that has done, I would spend three times as much money. Well, keep holding yeah. on to that. So, uh, no, this is and this is the trouble that I I think is you're you're absolutely right. It is, it is something. It, you know, I actually use this line a lot in our marketing, and I, I mean it. It's a good marketing line because it's a good line because it's true. Which is, with something so important, doesn't it deserve something important? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like with something as important as writing your thoughts, and then keeping that for history and for yourself and for your children and for your grandchildren and for all of those things. For something that important, isn't it worth something a little more? Right? Isn't it worth going that extra mile to make it better? And I was thinking about this because I have, I gave my father a journal almost right away at the beginning of the company's existence. And he's diligently, dutifully journaled virtually every day, I believe, since then. And he never did before that. I don't think, I mean, that's not true. I had, I have a journal from him from when he was in residency. Sure. But it's mostly doctor notes. Um, so it's totally illegible. But the the thing is that I love reading the stuff from his residency notes, even though they're not really anything meaningful. And the notes that he's writing now in his journal, I know that they're going to be something that is going to be an heirloom, beyond an heirloom for the next umpty autumn generations. Because when you pick up a leather folio, when you pick up a leather journal, when you pick up something that is obviously of good quality, it puts you in a mindset of quality. It puts you in a, in a higher level of, okay, this, this is, I'm not writing this note to throw it away. Maybe that's what it is. And I think that it puts you, 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 you look at the substance of it, right? And you think to yourself, important things are written in this journal, even if nothing's written in the journal, right? It, 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 it's, it's part of the idea of like, we are the stories we tell each ourselves. We are the stories we tell ourselves. And I think in this mindset, in that world, when you pick up a journal that is of quality and of, 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 is, is it tells a story of what you write. Like it's, it's even if it's nothing written in there. Right. And so I think it puts you in the mindset of, I'm going to write something serious. I'm going to write something important. I'm going to, I'm going to use this in a, in a really important way. And I think that that does elevate your capabilities. It elevates what you're working on and what you're doing in a way that is very difficult to mimic artificially. And I, I mean, we, when I started this, I thought to myself, "How I'm a, I'm a Wisconsin boy at heart, right? I'm like I'm like a like a good Midwest Midwestern Lutheran. So the idea that we would charge what we charge for our journals is like it's really hard for me to stomach that. And I'm the one picking the pricing, right? <laughs> and it's it's really difficult. But I realized after a little while of building these things that the problem is that I kind of have to charge what we're charging because that's what it takes to keep the company going, right? That's what it takes to keep people employed. That's what it takes to keep the lights on and keep buying this expensive leather, which goes up." every single time I buy it, it seems like these days. So it's, it's a challenge. And I understand that it's hard for me to expre- express to people, especially people from the West, that the, 
the value is so much more. The, 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 the whole is greater than the sum of its parts in a way that is almost impossible to understand until you experience it, until you see it, until you feel it. Well, this is why I likened it to, I mean, again, I, you know, you're, I'm 52 years old. You know, we listened to Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond. You know, Neil Diamond has had a renaissance lately because of what, Sweet Caroline? Um, ba, ba, ba. Right. But man, you know, so I go to college and I meet, you know, this buddy of mine and his dad was a lawyer at, from the, at, trained at the University of Michigan. And, you know, he listened to blues and I, I'd never heard. I mean, I listened to Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond and ABBA, right? It, so, uh, <laughs> you know, which is, which are fun. But then, I mean, honestly, I watching, I mean, we have dinner in the village in New York, which was amazing. I mean, you know, I'm a kid from Frankenmuth, Michigan. I mean, I'm in New York City having high-end dinner, and he took us out to see a show at Conner Carnegie Hall. And, and then we're just literally walking down the street, and, and John says, oh, my God, McCoy Tyner's here tonight. And I, McCoy what? You know, and, um, and the next thing I know, I mean, and his fingers, I mean, this is big, dude playing all over the place and you can hear the, you know, there was, you know, there was some smoke in the bar back in the day. Right. And the, the clink of the glasses and he's just going and in play. I just, I'd never, I mean, he, and he was absolutely in his element just in is like nobody in his, it was, he was revealing his soul and it was, it was amazing <laughs> just, just to be a part of. Um, and I mean, that seems like an absurd, it, it did. It seems like an absurd comparison uh, to writing a note in a journal <laughs> uh, to probably, you know, but I'm telling you, right. There, there is, you hold something beautiful in your hand like that and it compels you to think and write. And that is, um, Dare I say, are, are we more human? I, I think that that's true. And I think when we look at what does, what does God want for us, it's really hard from time to time, I think, to really understand in a, in a day-to-day kind of sense. It's like, okay, what does God want for me today, right? Because you and I talked about it. It's like it's not about how you feel, right? God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy all the time, right? That's kind of a, a misnomer, right? And... That's one of our Reformation Tap Society topics this year. Good. Christ in the pursuit of happiness. And this is where it's like, okay, so, you know, it's like, okay, so if God doesn't want you to always be happy all the time, right, because that's not what God wants, right? What does he want, right? What does God want from you, right? Obviously, it's to serve him and to serve your, your neighbors and your community and to live out his will in your life and in the best way you can, right, and to, to do your best. In that, and in that way, I think it is God-pleasing to write and to record and to express yourself in writing and in that way, because I think it does help you acknowledge in, in much the way that prayer can help you acknowledge things writing in its own sense can, can help you acknowledge the realities of your blessings. Right. And it can help you acknowledge the realities of the world you live in because you don't think of them in tangible methods. You don't think of, you think of your life many ways in abstraction because we think of everything theoretically in abstraction. And it isn't until you write down 
I'm so grateful that I was able to get my car fixed today, right? It's something like that, right? Writing down or I went to the car place to got my car fixed today and it was, you know, a lot more expensive than I would have liked it to be, but I'm glad I have my car back, right? It's something, a simple line like that kind of forces you to go, it's a good thing I have a working car, right? It's a good thing I have a car, right? You start to count your blessings. Even in the very recounting of your day, you start to see them and it's hard sometimes in the moment to see the blessings. It's hard sometimes to experience. And actually that's one of the best things about my job. I get to see the miracles happen in real time. There have been many times that this has happened, but there's one time specifically that is just a good one that I've thought of a lot because it's it was arguably the first time it happened in such a dramatic way. It was 2019. It was the fall of 2019. We had no money. We were out. It was I Payroll was later that day. I had to come up with payroll money that day, and we did not have the money, period. We weren't even close. We were about $4,000 away from our payroll that day. Now... At that point, $4,000 would have been three days worth of sales. It was never going to happen. There was no universe where it would happen. And, you know, it's like Martin Luther, you know, I have too much to get done today, not spend an hour in prayer. Yeah. I sat down, I prayed, and I said, okay, God, I, I cannot make this happen. If this happens, it is all you. I don't even think I got through the word amen before my phone rang, right? Because God has a really good sense of humor. <laughs> and the phone rang, and it was someone who, for the last six weeks had said, I got to get this bulk order done. I got to get this bulk order done. And every time I called him back, he kind of pushed it off and pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off. And I thought to myself, this is never going to happen. I barely got through. I'm at, the phone rings. It's him. I need to get this done today. We'll cut you the check. I'll get it sent over via the bank deposit. It'll, it'll be in your bank later today. We'll get it done by wire. And I need twice as much as we originally had planned on. Can you do that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we made payroll, right? Now that's one instance. The of answer this. is... Yes. Yes, of course. And and this is one of those things where that was one instance of this. I've had that happen many, many times, right? I, I it's as long as you kind of are expect, as long as you look for the miracles, you start to see them. And in my line of work, and as a as a small business owner, I get to see the prayer for blessings come to fruition in the form of big bulk orders that just come out of nowhere, right? I have no way to. There's no other way to justify that other than to say that that's God's action, right? Because, I mean, as, as much as we like to say, it's God putting that ad in front of that person at the time that they needed to see it in the situation that they needed to see it in, and that was what caused them to move to the next step, right? I mean, it's like we like, you know, we don't, I hate the idea of God working through Mark Zuckerberg, but here we are, right? So at some level, this is, you know, even through God, God can do all things, right? Hey. <laughs> what you meant for evil, God meant for good, right? Cyrus. <laughs> exactly, you right? Know? So this is where... I get to see that, and that is a huge blessing, right? And it's important, I think, when I document my day and when I write about my day, for me to write those things down because it helps me remind me that that is a blessing. It helps remind me that that is God working in my life. And that's, I think, huge in that. I think that's really critical. Yeah. So uh, I, I said I was the host at the beginning of this hour, which is we're coming up on an hour that we've been sitting here jawing about this. Uh, and I haven't done much to host anything. Uh, so this is kind of like when we did the interview with Jill George and I just sat there and yeah. about cried the whole time. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Um, that was great. It was uh, great. If you haven't listened to that one yet, folks, go listen to those two episodes uh, with Jill George, the principal of the year uh, from last year. Uh, current principal at St. Paul's Lutheran School in Oconomowoc. Um, as we start trying to wrap this up a little bit here, um, Lance, I want to ask you a question, and then Colin, I want to ask you a very similar question. Sure. So, uh, Lance, I want to ha- I want to get you to talk a little bit about um, 
And here I am addressing you like we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, okay. Pastor O'Donnell. Yeah. You, I should I'm say. La- I'm Lance too. That's fine. Yeah, I know. But not to him. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about um, the first time you actually held these Murdy products mm. in your hand. And, and knowing that, um, when I, when I, when I first asked you if you had seen these Murdy products, uh, you, you had mentioned, Oh yeah, I think I've seen those on Facebook. And I said, you know, he's one of ours. Uh, yeah, I remember it slightly differently. Okay. And I remember it in a much more geeky way. Yeah. How do you remember that? that? What I remember is I went through this process of see, and I ended up seeing ads for the Murdy creative company and I was sticker shocked, but man, I thought they were beautiful. And then this, then this young man and his beautiful young wife and little boy come to worship. Yeah. And I see you, I, you know, and I see you talking to him after, after church in the office. Um, and I said something like, yeah, who's that, you know, couple you're talking to. And you said something like, Oh, I was, oh yeah, Colin. Yeah, Colin, Colin Murdy. And then Colin Murdy. And, and then you just said kind of matter factfully, matter factly, oh, Colin Murdy, Murdy came in. And I said, Murdy, as in Murdy Creative Company. And, and you said, Oh, yeah, I've known him since he's a kid. I said, and I, I literally almost wet myself. <laughs> I, I, and I said, you're kidding. I said, no, you're calling him, and we're going on a field trip as soon as possible. That was great. It was a fun field trip. It was a good time. And so and so, uh, then we we haul ourselves up here to Horicon, uh, and, and I want you to talk a little bit about when we walked into the shop, because you were like a kid at Christmas. Well, you really were. It was actually really fun for me to maybe, watch you. Maybe you should... Uh, when you first held one of those puppies in your hand, like what, what was your reaction? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do know. I loved the feel of it. I, I, I yeah. knew I had a sense for what went into it. It was beautiful. Um, I, I felt, I felt this, the same, the same way that I honestly, very similar way that I felt a year or so ago when I got behind the wheel of a sports car with a manual transmission, like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, um, that's what it felt. I mean, in, in there, right. And I got to see how the, how it was made, which is always incredibly cool to me. And, and I love, I, I love, love, love meeting people who put absolutely everything on them on their, on the line to try and, you know, to hang out their own shingle. I mean, I, I have the most, perf- I mean, my brother did it last year after years and years and years of corporate. He got canned a week into, you know, national sales vice president, a week into COVID, they canned him. And he said enough, you know, I could think of all the words I can't say on here, um, <laughs> you know, and please and, don't. And, and Shane hang, hung, is hung out, you know, he said, did some research. His wife is hanging out his own shingle. And I'm so proud of him, you know, because my dad would never, could never do it. My, you know, my dad couldn't take the risk. You know, he had been a poor kid. He just, he had to stay corporate. He just couldn't take the risk. And so to see you do it, I just, I, to meet you, I mean, you're kind of like a celebrity in my world. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. So Colin, I want you to talk a little bit about that, that first time when we showed up, uh, at the, at the, uh, workshop, the, the workshop at the, where you guys assemble all these beautiful other things, right? Uh, we walk in, 
I knew what you were thinking from from the moment we walked through the door. Yeah, I knew you knew, and it's funny because it was so funny that that I don't he didn't pick it up. Like I was like, <laughs> how did he not pick it up? Right? I, it's funny, but you know, the, just 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 to comment on that thing you said earlier about putting out your own, you know that you couldn't take the risk. There is this weird false sense of security that people have in their jobs, and I don't understand where they get it from. Just to clarify, all of you who are listening, you can be fired at any time for any reason. That can happen, right? So if the idea that I need this job is what's stopping you from going out and doing something that you think is worthwhile and good, that's just a lie you're telling yourself. And not a very good one at that, right? It's comforting, but it's a very real lie. You could, you, you might not have your job tomorrow, right? And by the way, that doesn't mean you're going to get fired, right? There's a lot of things that can happen that can make it so that you aren't having your job anymore. So it's always worth, in my opinion, trying it at the very least. And by the way, I'm not saying you have to like quit your job and go do this for 40 hours. I did this in the weekends and part time for the beginning, right? It didn't have to go straight from, you know, nothing to something. I mean, it, it goes, it yeah. goes slow at first, but it was funny because when you said, Hey, can we come see the workshop? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Right. And we went to lunch and then we went to the workshop and, um, you know, you're, uh, you're pastor, you're Pastor O'Donnell is, is walking around with, with his daughter and they're looking at everything and he's picking, he's like, oh, this is really great. And I could tell he's kind of like hemming and hawing about like what he really he wants a lot of stuff and he can't get it because he's like, oh, I don't like this. And it's expensive. Like, I get it. You're a pastor, right? So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, he really wants that and he really wants that and he really wants that. And I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. He's going to love the way this ends. No, I, and I was, I was literally, because I had been planning, the minute I, the minute I found out that the the maker of this product was a was a Lutheran guy. I was I was going to buy something, so I went into your shop, expect with my checkbook, expecting to write a check. Fully. So I mean, I, I which is hilarious. That, anyway, so, so he, fully. So which is hilarious. So he's walking around looking at all these different things. You're watching all the things he's picking up. You're making a list of all the stuff you're sending him home with. And it's, it's funny. Because I was, I knew, first off, I knew when you coming to visit, I'm like, he's, he's going to pick out stuff. And he's going to get it for free. He's going to walk out with it because that's how it works. Because you know who my parents are. I know, Pastor, I, Pastor, I know who you are. Pastor Jason knows. Well, I appreciate that means a lot. Pastor Jason knows who my parents are. And I, I, I'm very proud of my parents. And I'm very proud of the example that they set for me my entire life. My father was a doctor, is a doctor. And uh, my mother, well, there's so many things that she is. You couldn't quite encompass that in one word. But she... And, and my father were, she came from a pastor's family, right? A Lutheran pastor who was, uh, anyway, there was a lot of, there was a lot of small, there's a lot of children in that family. And so they lived a very modest life. And my mom and my father did a great job caring for our pastors. That was a priority to mm. them yeah. through any opportunity and every opportunity. And I think they did a wonderful job of that. And it's funny to me because I've been waiting for a good opportunity to do that for a long time. I mean, it's like I've been waiting for a good opportunity to do that. And, you know, it's funny because they had a question. There was at my, one of my, um, I did this, uh, this Dale Carnegie thing, which was really fun for on leadership. And one of the things they asked is, how do you want to be remembered? Which is a really interesting question. Yeah. That's a really deep question, right? Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I realized the one thing I want to be remembered for, other than obviously, you know, like, I hate to say, like, good father. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, the basic things that I think are fundamental, right? Being a good family man, you know, being a good leader, right? To me, I want to be remembered as being generous. And I think that that's something where it's, it's 
the best opportunity to, you, you, when you can practice generosity, that's when it's fun, right? That's when you can actually do it. And so for me, it was really, really fun having you come because I knew what I was, I knew how this was going to end. And then it was just, it was great. It was an amazing opportunity. And and he's making this, st- starting to make stuff for me while we're in the shop. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a bit more expensive than I thought, but man, this stuff is cool. Yeah, so. it's right. And, and by the way, I was going to say, I appreciate the support you've given us since then, right? So again, Don't think I haven't noticed that too. So but. again, I'm walking, ar- I'm walking around watching you kind of ooh and ah. Forcing me to make that a stupid abomination. And, and watching Colin, it, watching you do what you do. I was having a good time. I was. And you were having a I was ball. Really having a you good were time. in your element. Like if if there's ever a moment, Colin, in your life where I have seen you reflect David and Karen Sue more, I haven't found it. Oh, well that's very sweet. And I'm gonna cry right. here, but Okay. Uh and then uh you built me an abomination, which I love. Ugh, gross. Which I love. Uh, if you that want a, more, that is a nun on the market. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I at this point, it's unfortunately we don't have enough nuns anymore in the world to stop the left-handed people from you know becoming yes. a thing. So we are going to have to do it. And frankly, to be completely honest, I've been looking for a good opportunity for a product we can launch that's going to be low impact. Shameless plug. Really easy low impact project that I guess should just launch. But yes. yeah, he you want it for the listeners who are listening. He wanted one of our travel cut folios, which is a classic folio where the legal pad is on the in the proper spot on the right-hand side, and the pocket is on the left-hand side, like they're supposed to be designed, because most people should be right-handed. Unless you're left-handed. <laughs> Unless you're left-handed, in which case... And then it's on the wrong side. It isn't on the wrong side. It is on the correct side, and you're, uh, you're wrong-sided. But, that being said, the customer's always right, especially when he's your pastor, and you have to... So I made him one where I re- inverted it. We put the pocket on the right-hand side, and we put the notepad on the left-hand side, and... It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. Yeah, he's a happy boy. It's yeah, a thing of is. beauty. He is happy, and the problem is it's probably there's more left-handed people out there. So. And so, uh, you, you may look for that. Just We'll just label it the abomination. Yeah. Uh, you can't market that. You can't market it that <laughs> way, Colin. Uh, every left-handed person in the world would love it. Yeah, so... um. Uh, we really need to wrap up uh, because Colin, you have work to do and, and we have things that we need to get back to. Uh, but young man, I, I, I so appreciate the time that you give to us, uh, the support that you give to us. And uh, if this in any way is a way that we can support you, um, we're glad to do it. So uh, folks, check out Murdy Creative Company. That's uh, M-U-R-D-Y <laughs> creative dot C-O on your local website. Also, you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have a Discord server, so you can join our Discord server if you're into that kind of thing. Is that is it the Murdy Creative Company on Discord? It or? is. It is the Murdy Creative Company on Discord. And I also have a link. And if you go to my podcast, which is just Murdy Creative Co. on YouTube or on any of the podcast apps you listen on, um, there is the most recent episodes especially have the discord link the url at the top of the description so you can join our discord and there. we'll we'll put that we'll put that in yeah. when we Absolutely. post this see and then yes and and if you ever we are not a retail location just because of the nature of our space but i would love to have guests and visitors come and visit us so if you would like to come and see the workshop and you'd like to come out your pick out your piece of leather and all of that good stuff you can feel free to reach out to us on the website and just say hey i'm a local person and i'd love to come and see it we'll be happy to set up a time to have you come so. And then spend serious money. Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Colin, again, thank you uh, for letting us come out to your house and sit and chat with you. Uh, it is always a pleasure uh, to talk about how God is at work, even in the midst of what we cannot see, uh, that Christ is in all things uh, providing for us that which we need the most uh, and and 
for you, uh, that's also, and you, the listener, that's also the assurance that uh, though we may fall short of the glory of God, Christ in all things offers to us his forgiveness full and free, uh, that we might be his own and live under him in his kingdom to serve him in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Or something like that. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in All Things to you as a gift, but it's not free to produce and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in All Things a self-supporting show and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristInAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in all things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. You love those way too much, and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping. And a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports Youth Ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.